Amen, amen, and amen. Guys, I pray that you have your pens and your paper or your something to write with, a crayon or something that you can take notes with tonight. I have this woman of God who is here tonight who is on um, by the name of Reverend Barbara. I don't know if she goes by Reverend Barbara. I call her Reverend Barbara. I've been calling her Reverend Barbara for, for I don't know how long, ever since I've known her. She's a pastor. She's a watchman on the wall. She's a prophetess. She's an apostle. She uh, is an anointed woman of God. I had a great opportunity to uh, sit down on numerous occasions to just talk, and she poured into me. She's prayed for me. She's spoken into my life, and she's encouraged me and helped me along the way in my own personal walk with God. And at this time, I want her to unmute herself if she can. Um, and I want to welcome her to the huddle. Hi. Welcome to the huddle, Great woman of God. God. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an uh, honor you're welcome. to be here. Amen. 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 Um, thank you for, for the glowing introduction. Um, I, uh, when you said I know, don't know what to call her, I always tell people just don't call me late to dinner. So I think we'll be okay. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, sometimes when you, when you minister for the Lord, and, and I believe because people make themselves available, they tend to move in a lot of different offices sometimes when, that, when that's your gifting. And so uh, it's just one of those things with me. I'm just really, I tell people, I say, really, I am a handmaiden of the Lord because I am willing to do whatever God puts before me to do and so uh, that's Amen. been my life and it's made it very very easy for me and uh, it's it's just really a privilege uh, and a blessing to be a servant of the Lord um, I always tell people I have nothing to hold back from God uh, because certainly I had nothing when he found me and so uh, you know if you start out from nothing uh, you don't have anything to hold back you know I, I know many people Amen. get saved and, and they walk with God a little bit and then they want to go do this that and the other but I, I thank God I've never really uh, had that inclination to do anything but serve him and, and it's been more than a blessing in my life there's no better life to have than the service of the Lord and so um, I'm just real thankful that he's blessed me and graced me to be able to uh, have a good influence on his people um, the people of God are the most precious people on the face of the earth because we have been bought with the most precious uh, quantity uh, that there is and that is the life of God was was uh, uh, was sacrificed for us and so we need to see ourselves as precious and see ourselves uh, as holy not in an arrogant way but in in the way that God has gifted us in the way he has placed us uh, in this earth so um, Amen. Uh, I'm ready to get started if, if you guys are ready to get started. Well, what I thought I would mm -hmm. do is I've written um, several books on healing um, and uh, several devotionals uh, on my Facebook page. If anybody's been on there recently, you will see um, there are, there's an, an offer for um, a free devotional and a healing cloth, and so uh, I've, I've taken a particular interest in uh, teaching healing to the body of Christ, and uh, I'm just real thankful that God's shared some things with me 
about health and healing and divine health. And so I thought I would share some things uh, with one of my books. Uh, This book is called Lawyer Up, L-A-W-Y-E-R, Lawyer Up. And I wrote it because I found that... Many times uh, people, when, when sickness attacks them, and it is an attack, it's not uh, something that's deserved on our part. And I think if we can get in the right mindset about uh, these things and think of them in the correct way, uh, then we'll have better success in uh, combating illness and the symptoms that come come with different diagnoses and, and the things that the world is subject to. Uh, we need to understand, first of all, that we are not of this world. Uh, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, because we are not citizens of this world, even though we are physically here, uh, we are not subject to the laws of this world. Uh, we are subject to the laws of the land that we live in, but not of the God of this world. Satan is not our boss. He's not our God. Uh, and we don't owe him any allegiance. And so uh, I'm, I'm thinking that if you can keep that in the proper perspective and understand that you are not subject to the laws of the God of this world or the kingdom of this world, uh, then you can freely uh, make the choice to accept God's rule and God's leadership in your life in every area of your life. And so oftentimes the area of health and healing uh, becomes a stumbling block for us because the the God of this world uh, does what I call the, the art of illusion. He will put illusions on us because we live in a flesh body and our body is subject to mortality. It is subject to physical death. Uh, at the end of everybody's life, unless Jesus comes and rescues us out intact, uh, we will will die. And so I think what happens many times is because that is, is just a truth of how this life uh, will end for most of us. Uh, we, we tend to accept things that are of this world a little too quickly, and we don't um, press into our kingdom privileges and the laws of the kingdom of God to supersede and override uh, the natural law of the God of this world. Part of the God of this world, the way he operates, he operates through the curse of the broken law. And if we can remember that 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 price to redeem us from the curse has been paid already. If you are saved, you're healed. And that is a legal decree. Uh, and and if, if you understand anything about law, uh, the laws are written statutes. They're written guidelines uh, by which people are to be governed and, and how they live. Uh, the Bible is a legal document. Anybody who's uh, who's a Christian, a Christian lawyer, can tell you that it reads just like a constitution. It reads like a um, a governmental document. Uh, why? Because mm-hmm. there are certain rules. Uh, there's a government that enforces the rules, and there are penalties if we don't obey the rules. Well, under the old covenant, we were under the curse of the law because there had been no redeemer to come and 
uh, buy us back out of the power of the broken law. For instance, if you look at the book of Deuteronomy in the 28th chapter, you'll see all of the statutes written down there, God's rules for the blessings and the curses. Well, in the book of Galatians in the New Testament, it tells us that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, which means that we are not subject to those powers anymore. Um, and, and what that means is that even though you may be experiencing a decree from the God of this world, say, for instance, uh, you have symptoms in your body, um, you go to this world system, you go to a doctor who is part of the world system. Not that the doctor's evil, he's not mean, but he's working with natural means to help people to be healthy and whole. And so he can help as far as natural situations go. But if you run into something that's not a natural situation, say, for instance, you have a, a, a symptoms of a disease and they, they say that it is incurable, uh, then, then you have a dilemma there. Do you accept that or do you keep trying to recover your health? And so... Uh, when when we think about those things, you have to think about, do I have something that I have access to that entitles me to override this decree that's been placed on me by the natural law, by the God of this world? And we do, <clears throat> as Christians, we always have the the decree from heaven that tells us, no, you don't have to accept that because... Christ has paid the penalty for that sickness that is trying to attach itself to you, even though your symptoms may be very real. Uh, Sometimes your symptoms have progressed. What does that mean? It just means that you can still avail yourself of the laws of God that are higher, uh, that override the laws that govern this world. God law, God's law uh, was from the beginning. In fact, it came before the law of redemption really came before uh, the, the, um, uh, the law was broken, before God's law was ever broken. There was in place redemption for mankind. So what came first will always override and supersede what comes afterwards. Um, grace came first. Grace by faith came before the law did. Abraham lived by grace through faith in God. And the law of Moses came 430 years after Abraham. So we can see that the, the law that, that, that promises the curse must have a different function than what it seems to be set up for. Uh, that law came to explain to us why sickness comes on us. But it had to be fulfilled in order that redemption could come. So God always planned to redeem us from the curse. He didn't mean for the curse to be a permanent condition for us. Sickness is never a permanent condition. It was temporary. The curse of the law was temporary because we know now Jesus went to the cross and, and, and broke the curse off of us because he paid the penalty for all sin, sickness, and death. 
So if that's been paid for already, you ask, why am I sick? Well, it's because you've made the decision to accept sickness versus accepting healing. It's just that simple. And if you've accepted sickness, you can turn that around and now accept your healing. And that's usually what happens to most people. We wind up finding ourselves in a situation where this isn't lining up with what God has promised me. He's promised me health and he's promised me wholeness. And what I believe and put my faith in is always a choice and a decision. You have a decision to accept sickness or accept your health and your healing. Now, does that mean that you, your symptoms will leave overnight or, or um, automatically? They may. Some do. We see many instances in the Bible where people came up to Jesus, they made up their minds, they had enough of sickness, and they asked him if, if he would heal them. He said yes, and they walked off healed forever. There may be some sicknesses that come a little bit slower. The man that had the son that was at home sick, and he told Jesus, just tell me the word and my son will be healed. And and Jesus said the word, and he got home and found his son was healed the same time he spoke it to him. And so there there are times where sickness uh, symptoms may linger for a season, but if we make the decision to choose to be healed because God says so. That's the only reason that we can accept it is because God has given his word that he has healed us. I like the scripture that in, in the, that um, uh, Pastor Eric read at the beginning, have faith in God. That means put your trust, your confidence, and believe what he says. If you believe what God says, he says you're redeemed from the curse of the law. But I have symptoms in my body. They say I'm sick. They've given me a diagnosis. Well, what do you believe? Believing sometimes is a matter of what you give your attention to, what you give your time to, and what you give your, uh, what you invest your faith in. And I can guarantee you, if you spend the time reading the Word, meditating on the Word, and studying the Word, that word will convince you that the word is true and what your body has been telling you is not true because anything that comes from the God of this world is reversed by the word of God and by faith in God's word. So really many times what happens is you think about it, think about the progression of anybody's uh, symptoms, disease, whatever you want to call it, uh, you will see that it's over a period of time people have come to believe and accept a diagnosis. Uh, maybe you start out by, uh, you hear on television all the time uh, about different diseases. Uh, everybody's afraid of the word cancer. Everybody's afraid of any, any uh, uh, diagnosis that may be terminal or may be uh, incurable. People get fear when they hear those things. Well, just think, you've been in this world how many years when you get to be an adult? All your life you've heard heart disease. 
can kill you. All your life you've heard uh, lupus can kill you. All your life you've heard heart dis- uh, or, or high blood pressure, obesity, or MS. All of those things we are programmed from the time we come into this world to believe in those mm-hmm. things. We believe in them mm-hmm. because we've heard about them. And then to think, for instance, once you get saved, you start hearing about Jesus and his salvation. And, oh, wow, I am saved. I'm going to go to heaven when I die. But what do I do from day to day while I'm in this world? And you will find that you will have to make the decision to believe over and over and over again in God's word. For instance, if you you have uh, financial troubles, you have to believe that if you pray, God is obligated to pay your bills. He's obligated to get you an income. He's obligated to find you a job. And you may struggle for a while. But I tell you what, most of us will pray for money because we know we need money. And you'll set yourself to, i got to get this. Boy, you know, I'm going to keep praying for I'm going to get a prayer partner. We're going to come into agreement that, that my bills are paid. And, and you find that month after month after month, the bills get paid. Sometimes it's just barely there. But you find that over and over and over again, God supplies your need. It's the same thing with healing. And so when you find you need to be healed, you think to yourself, oh, boy, this is a toughie because they've given me a really tough diagnosis here. But then you look in your Bible and you say, but with God, all things are possible. Nothing's impossible with God. So this is a battle that we have of believing. It's a decision to believe God's word and only God's word and to drive out every thought, every idea, cast it down. Nope, I'm not going to believe in these symptoms. I'm healed anyway. I know it looks like it's progressing on me, but I'm healed anyway. And that is the great battle, Uh, the battle between good and evil, healed and and sick, uh, the, the curse or the blessing, the covenant or not the covenant. And so when I wrote this book, Lawyer Up, it was to remind us that we have an advocate that sits at the right hand of the Father. Jesus speaks for us. He goes to bat for us. He will help us out of every dilemma. And instead of talking our sickness, we lawyer up and talk only what your lawyer tells you to speak. And and that's really the gist of what we do whenever we fight any evil report, whether it has to do with your health, your finances, the safety of your loved ones, uh, what we're doing now with this uh, virus outbreak. Uh, we we must stand on the word and 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 decide that we're going to believe. And if you can believe and make it through without catching this corona, you can believe God for any other illness that would try to attack your body. I'm going to uh, go over some principles here. I, you know, and and they can work for everybody. I mean, and they do work for everybody. Uh, but this was just my way of explaining and attacking sickness as a uh, an illegal trespasser in the life of a believer. Um, I was thinking about all the different you know, uh, you know, this little courtroom drama shows that they have on TV. I enjoy those things mm-hmm. because 
uh, as a watchman, I kind of identify with that because we're all trying to chase down the bad guy. We're all trying to apprehend Mm -hmm. the thief, the killer, the destroyer. And so when I watch those shows, sometimes I get an understanding of how very much the laws of God are similar to the laws that govern us in the natural realm. Of course, the the natural realm is temporal and temporary. Uh, God's law is eternal. So the stronger law really is on our side as believers because God's law is eternal. That means other, like other nations and governments will come and go, but God's rule still continues. I mean, God's word works throughout the ages. Uh, when, when Jesus walked the earth, the Romans uh, uh, were the world government. They ran everything. Well, Rome is coming on. Those people have died out centuries ago. But the word of God still lives on. The gospel is still being preached everywhere. Uh, The word of God uh, still saves people. It still heals people. It still does everything it always did. So God's word being eternal is stronger, more powerful, more everlasting than any other word that can be spoken uh, on this earth. And so as part of of what, what the way I look at Uh, receiving healing, maintaining your healing or divine health, the way I look at it, is that when when you first get symptoms, I tell people to remember you have the right to remain silent. And I think many times believers don't see this as a strength, but it is. What I mean when I say that, when I say you have a right to remain silent, you have a right not to speak about your symptoms and not to speak about the disease in ways that add life to it or add faith to it or give credence to it. And it's not that you are lying. It's just Mm -hmm. that you are not giving agreement and permission for that Mm -hmm. diagnosis, those symptoms or whatever, to to set up housekeeping in your life or to set up a permanent residence in your body. So when I tell people uh, you have a right to remain silent, okay, well, I'm, I'm not saying I have it. I'm not accepting it. But, but what do I do now? Well, you have a right to an attorney. So you have a right to talk to mm-hmm. Jesus about that and talk to him and get a strategy from him for how to fight it because you're going to fight it because it's not right. It's not legal. It's not the right thing. There are many people, even though they're guilty, they go get a lawyer anyway. And I tell them, I tell people, I said, you know what? I said, we're all guilty of something, but we're not guilty enough for sickness to have a right to our bodies anymore. And so when you do sin, the Bible says you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus sits right beside God, and you stand there at the throne of God, and you speak to your lawyer who petitions the Father on your behalf, so that your healing will start to come forth in your body. Now, what does that mean? That means that Jesus will talk to the Father and say, Oh, Father, remember when this one confessed me years ago? They are bought with my blood. I can identify them. I shed my blood for this one. And this one goes free of all illness, Mm -hmm. all disease, all everything. 
And so that is our condition as far as God is concerned. We don't deserve sickness. We don't, oh, but Barb, you don't know. I led a bad life. I smoked for years, and now I got this. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. The blood of Jesus has canceled out all sin, even though you did it knowing it was wrong to do it. How many of us are guilty that way? And so we have a right to talk to our attorney and get a strategy for how to fight this thing. And that's what you do when you pray, when you go to God and you confess your sins and you say, Lord, if there's any wicked thing in me, please show it to me and I'll, I'll repent of it. I don't want anything to stand between me and you. I want a, a clear path. I want to take on your righteousness and then I can resist this symptom. I can resist this diagnosis. And at some point, it will leave me. And that's what you have to do. Uh, you know how some people will have a court date and it's a year away, three years away, four years away. When they finally get to court, the judge says not guilty and your slate is wiped clean. Well, I look at illness the same way. You, you'll get a date somewhere in the future for when those symptoms will totally be gone. And that's that's a one way of looking at it. That's the way I look at it. Amen. Uh, uh, and it can't, make, it can't make any difference to you when that date for your exoneration, total exoneration, is going to come. You have to be committed to stay with this for however long it takes. And, once, and, and that's turning it over to your lawyer. Uh, you see many people... Um, recently there was a man uh, in, I think it was in Texas or something, uh, he got a last-minute stay of execution. As I saw his mother was asking people for prayer, and she was praying for him, and, and that was lifted. And that's a very difficult thing to get in that state. But but the the laws in this country now are taking a second look at some of these people who have been in jail for a long period of time and, and, and looking at, you know, there, there are some innocent people around here that don't deserve to have this heavy burden on them. And, and just as, as believers, and I think it coincides with what Christians are doing in the realm of the spirit, because we are resisting the diagnosis of the devil. We are resisting more and more people are fighting illness with God's word. And I think that that has an effect on the overall atmosphere on the earth. That that people, if you think about it this way, for every time you resist symptoms and resist the diagnosis that the world has put on you, you're liberating not just yourself but probably somebody else too who's fighting the same thing. Because there comes an agreement in the realm of the spirit between believers. I don't care if we pray together or not. But when we all start saying by his stripes we are healed and we all start saying he sent his word and healed us and delivered us from their, our destructions, when we all say, devil, I resist you in the name of Jesus, take these symptoms off. When we start saying that more and more on the earth, it has a, a ripple effect to every area of life on this earth, and I firmly believe that. So you, your prayers for you can have an effect for so many other people, and many of these people don't even know God. They don't even know mm -hmm. him. Uh, sometimes your, your prayers can 
allow breakthroughs in medicine to come where people who don't even have an idea that that there's a god out there uh that that you know it there was will come an, an opportunity uh for people to to have opportunities to get a natural cure and a natural remedy you know god helps people uh who are helping he's a merciful god so his mercy falls on the just and the unjust alike, you know what I'm saying? And so these are, these are opportunities that we have to affect um, a better life all across the board. And so the more we can lift up Jesus, the more we can let the light of the gospel shine through. And then, of course, God will pour more, more of his power onto the church so that the church will have more power for us to, to help one another to be healed. Uh, uh, it, it really does have a ripple effect. For instance, uh, there have been, been cities in the history of the church where they have had what we call revivals, and these are pouring, outpourings mm-hmm. of God's Spirit uh, where drunks will sober up. Uh, and, and just because of the gospel being preached, and even though mm-hmm. maybe these people don't come in and get saved, the, the effect of sobriety comes even on the sinner. Uh, uh, in, in signs and wonders of God and, and, you know, hopefully they will receive Christ and get saved. But many times people are just delivered, uh, from destruction as a result of the power of God being so prevalent in the earth. So everything that we do as believers, every time we stand on the word, uh, you get the benefit personally, definitely. But there is a, a, uh, uh, I, I just call it a ripple effect. It's it's the glory of God moving in waves across the earth. When you believe God and release that power on the earth, there's a glory that, that will come and an overflow of God's power that will come unto the earth that he can use to benefit other people as well. And so I just think it's a good thing to stand on the word, period. You know, always a good thing. Uh, so Amen. it's not like it, we have to be the only people get benefit of it and look at it in a real selfish way, but I think there is a um, uh, an excess. He's El Shaddai. He's more than enough for one person. So he's definitely more than enough for for your family, for, for you can inspire other people to reach out for health and healing. You know, uh, people will say things like, well, well, I saw that, that you, you have been getting better and better. And I know you, you read your Bible a lot, or I know you go to church or you trust God or whatever it is. Um, that's the ripple effect of, of the word of God when you minister it to yourself uh, for health and for healing. Not that that's the reason for an illness. That's never the reason for it. But the reason for it is, is so that God can be glorified in your healing. It's, it's for us to reach out to God for what we need and receive our healing from him. So, yeah. God bless you to everyone. Uh, this is Brother James and Pastor Barb. I just wanted to say I really enjoyed uh, the message on tonight, and we love you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much. How are you? Um, this is Christina. Um, I love what you said, first of all, about the ripple effect. I love that, um, because especially today dealing with this coronavirus and everything, you hear the the affirmation that God is a healer when people say, 
that they've been healed of it, and you know, and um, you hear all the negative things about this virus, and if you have an underlying condition, which is a lot of what we deal with here on the huddle with people that were diagnosed with MS or lupus or whatever they were diagnosed with, it's an underlying condition, and people are so fearful, and they're just like afraid to do anything or go anywhere because they think that if they get this, then that's the ultimate end-all, be-all because of these underlying conditions. So the ripple effect and praying, and our prayers can uh, somehow have this ripple effect um, for people to, to other people and to be encouraged and also to be healed. So I, I love what you said about that. And also, what would you say to encourage someone who believes, and I see this often in the, in the community of people who are diagnosed with things, and they say, I know God gave this to me because um, he knows that I'm strong and I can handle it. Well, <clears throat> if, if they're getting any kind of treatment at all, um, that's evidence in itself that they don't believe God gave it to them. Because if mm. if that's true, why are you going to a doctor or why are you seeking any kind of help or anything right. like that? If God gave that to you, um, then it's wrong for you to seek any kind of help whatsoever, you know. I think what happens is that people, you know how it is sometimes when you... When you don't understand something and you have questions about it, um, instead of asking the right person for the answer to your question, you kind of fill in the answer yourself. Okay. And I think people do accept that that thought will come to everybody. Well, maybe this is, maybe God gave this to me for, uh, for a reason. And, and I mm-hmm. think it's because they don't really seek the answer from the right person. Because if if you really seek the answer from God, you'll go into the Word, and the Holy Spirit will direct you to the right answer if you go into the Word and look for it. And so you can invite people like that. You can invite them to go into the Word with you, and you, you just ask them, have you ever really looked in the Bible to see what God says about illness? And what he says about this condition, and if you'll do that with me, and you can just give him a list of scriptures, none of the diseases that he put on the Egyptians will he put on his people, and so forth and so on. So things like that are easy to refute and easy to give an answer to, but many times we're we're not we're not inclined to want to do that because then we feel we might get an argument from people. And if they argue, they might win the argument, but you get a chance to plant a seed. See what I'm saying? Once you plant that seed of doubt in a person's mind that maybe this isn't from God, maybe this is the devil, um, you know, it's it's kind of, when you think about it in a way, it's kind of easy to to refute that because if 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 you ask them, well, well, how long have you had it, and were you ever healthy? Well, the Bible says mm-hmm. that Satan comes to steal. Have you ever thought that your health has been stolen from you by Satan, and this is not God? You know, just plant a seed of doubt for that kind of thinking in people's minds. And, you know, you may not hear hear them change their minds, but at some point, 
they may start to question because oftentimes God will use you to plant one seed and then another person to plant another seed and another plant another. But it's always good to speak the word to people um, regardless of, of their arguments against you. But I think people just say that because they've given up uh, because of lack of knowledge. They just haven't heard anybody to tell them for sure that God wants them well. And, and he does. He really does. And so, um, yeah, it's a lack of knowledge thing. And, you know, in Compassion, we can reach out to people and say, you know what? The Bible says contrary. That's not what the Bible really says about things, you know. Um, so that's one suggestion, you know. Amen. Thank you so much. Is there another question? Anybody have anything else you want to ask? Hello. 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 All right, and now then, hello. <laughs> this is Jeannie Driffin. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, Prophet Carter knows me. I have a, um, a person that I've been knowing since 91, and they are pastor teacher. Now, I believe in creative miracles, and this person has been um, saying that his hair's going to grow back. He's 10 years older than me. <clears throat> so I'm so young. I'm 79. But anyway, <laughs> at the time, <laughs> I was like 51. He was 61, something like that. So since that point until this day, every day he's been confessing that his hair is going to grow back and his teeth are going to grow back. But it hasn't happened. I know God can do miracles because that, that's not the same as it as um, confessing like or not accepting your sickness. I'm just, you know, I just was wondering. So yeah. is that just positive confession well, of it never you know, happens? Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and I think sometimes we may... Leave, we may um, maybe be doubtful about somebody else's mm-hmm. faith, but but faith is really such a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. That means you have your personal faith in him. Right, right. And this gentleman has his personal faith in right. God. Yeah. I just always tell people, keep believing. Just right, keep believing. right, right, right. Uh, because we don't know. His, his hair might be around the corner. It is, <laughs> That's true. Corner. I, I mean, I've seen God do... Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I've seen God do miracles in my Absolutely. life. You know? Absolutely. And that's so why I, I know he's still a miracle worker. Yeah. But I just brought that up because since we were... You, you know, you seem... Yeah. In fact, I know you're very informative and I've never really uh, asked anybody else about it. And I said, right. well... And, uh, you know, if you need to know, you, you ask. Absolutely. You always can learn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and, and I appreciate that. Because and I it appreciate is, you. Yeah, thank you. It, it is welcome. a challenge sometimes in some things for faith, but you don't know, but God may have an appointment for that brother to go to a meeting where yeah. his glory is really pouring out and new teeth are popping up in everybody. You know what I mean? Well, that would be awesome. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm, man, I'm shouting already. 
I know that's right. I, <laughs> I can't help myself. Awesome. I need to get up the line. I'm just so, I just got a lot of joy. I'm just so happy. Yeah. I love true. to hear anybody talk about the goodness of Jesus. Amen. You Amen. know, and I've seen and things what... that he's done in my life. So yeah. I know he lives and he's real. Yeah. And I know he's Jehovah Rapha. And I'm going to be quiet, but... <laughs> Yeah. That's why I didn't well, get on earlier. If I was you, just keep encouraging your friend to believe and say, brother. Well, I do. I don't ever say. Yeah. Right, yeah. And I don't. I'm just, just you don't even know I thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but just I was just wondering. So, because yeah. I know he, he's been believing, like you say, it's God's time, not his time, not yeah. our time. Absolutely. And he yeah. can wake yeah. up in the morning and have a head full of hair and some extra teeth. You know, Absolutely. You know, but I just thought I'd throw it out just to see yeah. your thought on yeah, it. I know what you mean, some of those long-standing uh, faith, mm-hmm. faith uh, challenges. But you know what? Uh, mm-hmm. God says when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Cause, so he mm-hmm. may be one of those, I call him a faith holder. Oh, yes, you ma'am. Know, holding on. Either the both Glory. Yes, ma'am. That's right, because Jesus is looking for faith when he comes. He didn't say, I'm looking for somebody with 20,000-member church. That's he right. Say, I'm looking for somebody that's, that's a worldwide minister with a million people in the crowd. He that's said, right. he finds somebody believing him? And that might be your friend. <laughs> and I know that's right, because I've been believing. I refuse not to believe. Absolutely. I refuse that's not right. because he can't lie. That's, That's one of right. uh, uh, Pastor Carter's favorite. He's not a man that he should lie. And go. I've seen miracles in my life. And I, it doesn't have to be something like, shoo, but any little thing, any great yes. change that you pray for, you know he hears the prayers of the righteous. Absolutely. That's yep. it. Yep. You know, what can yep. I do to do the works of God? Just believe. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. 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 That's right. Yeah. Y'all ain't got me stirred up, so I'm 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 gonna mute out. That. I love all of you. I don't have to know you if your sister and brother in Christ is all that matters. You are part of my family. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Uh huh. Well, I guess at this time, um, we, um, Reverend Barbara, if you could just close us out of prayer, I want to thank you for that awesome teaching tonight, Lawyer Up. Um, yeah. You gave us yeah. plenty of nuggets to go back to study. <laughs> amen. And amen. I, amen. Amen. <laughs> now, I was going to say I would love for you to come back again to um, to minister again uh, again one day. Um, sure. I definitely want to invite you back. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that sounds real good. I'll definitely do that. So, yeah, I just wanted to say uh, this book of mine is really, it's available on Amazon if anybody wants to purchase it. I'm not sure what the cost of it is, but my books, they're all under like 10 bucks or 9 bucks or something like that. But, um, you know, it's it's just a different kind of way of looking at our covenant with God. And, and I enjoy, you know, taking... Um, healing apart and putting it back together again in a different way Mm -hmm. so that maybe different people can understand it a little bit differently. So, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. so it's available there. If you want me to, um, Pastor Eric, I can send you a little blurb about it. I'll ask Shannon to put something together and she'll post it on or send it to you or put it on your timeline or something if you want to post it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, awesome. That will work. 
Okay, Doc. Well, Father in heaven, we do thank you, Father, so much for your people assembled here. I thank you, Lord, for your very precious, valuable people here, Lord. Uh, They are blood-bought, and they are precious to you, Lord, and we thank you to keep us all in your perfect will. Thank you, Lord, to guide us and lead us. Thank you, Father, for that overflow of blessing that will come as we speak your word, Father, as we declare the principalities and powers, the manifold wisdom of God, we see a breakthrough coming in this earth. I thank you, Lord, that even out of this virus uh, epidemic or pandemic, you can bring us all into worldwide agreement that you are a good God and your mercy endures forever. And so, Father, we thank you that that is the declaration of our hearts and that that is the word that is on our lips, that our God is good and his mercy endures forever. I thank you, Lord, for health, healing, and wholeness. I thank you, Lord, that your blood covers every vessel within the sound of my voice. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing us and keeping us in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God.